Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I mean, every time well, I bring up uh, Aaron's coming on, he excited. Hell no, I don't want to talk to him, man. <laughs> so it's it's tough for me to judge how close you guys really are. Well, then why did he ask me for my Letterman jacket? (laughs) I was cold. (laughs) Uh, So we were were having a discussion earlier this week on the show. Brian had a disagreement uh, with me about how upset Notre Dame fans should be over the loss to Georgia. And I, I understand their frustration, and I understand why they're upset, even though it was a close game, it's a one-point loss, because, I mean, you come off the season you had last year, you just don't want to see it happen again, and they're afraid it's going to happen again. Brian did the whole chill-the-hell-out thing, you're going to be fine, Brian Kelly's fine. Uh, where do you stand in the, the panic meter of Notre Dame right now? I, I, I'm not panicked at all. I think I'm probably uh, scarily <laughs> in agreement with BJ. I'm not coming this year that uh, Notre Dame was a team that's built, you know, to win at least eight games. It kind of flipped that four and eight to eight and four this year. I think we're going to see this Georgia team go on to win the East. I think that they are playing unbelievable defense. They've got tremendous speed uh, in the back end. They're linebackers. They're back end all the way back there with the DBs, and then the power that they played with up front. Uh, at times going toe-to-toe, if not dominating Notre Dame's offensive line. Now, I'll say this, Mike McGlinchey, the left tackle, got beat uh, on the last play of the game. Other than that, he played pretty dang well, as did Quentin Nelson, their left guard. So there are a lot of elements of Notre Dame's team that still lead me to believe that they could win eight games. They just got to be able to put it together. Brandon Winbush, I think it's still moving a little bit fast for him, the new quarterback that's starting this year. There were some reads in the run game and in the pass game that just weren't where they need to be. I was encouraged by the defense, if I could say that. They held a Georgia team with two pretty good running backs, both under 100 yards and uh, to only 20 total points. So I think the thing that has Notre Dame fans upset, fellas, is that they're getting ready to get ready, right? Like my mom always used to say, your actions speak so loudly, I can hardly hear what you're saying. The reality is Notre Dame is 1-9 in their last 10 one-possession games. They just haven't won close games under Brian Kelly, and I think that's why people saw that Georgia game as maybe more the same. Well, let's go back to that offensive line. And, of course, you annually award the Joe Moore Award to the best offensive line in, in college football. And I thought the tricky part for the O-line for Notre Dame was the fact they couldn't catch up to the stunts and games up front, the speed of the defensive linemen that Georgia employed, including their linebackers, that entire uh, front seven, they were so fast. And then the games they were running up there, that just put that old line of Notre Dame in a tizzy. Did you see it the same way? Yeah, movement is always a problem for offensive linemen, that pre-stamp stuff. Uh, and, and they also did a little too much of trying to block punches with their mouth mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> when it was one-on-one. But uh, Harry Heesan, Notre Dame's offensive line coach, is among the best in the country. They've got some good players. They've got a new coordinator, Chip Long. Uh, philosophically, I love what he brings to the table. They, uh, it was a really big test out of the gate against a Georgia team, again, that I think looks poised to win the East. 
Um, although this is, you know, perfect for Florida to win three in a row. They look terrible and, and would probably do so. Who knows with that team? But um, the movement is always a problem for offensive linemen because without question, the defense and particularly defensive linemen are more athletic than we are. The one advantage we have is the snap count so we can nullify some of that speed. But when you're playing an elite front, and I agree with you, BJ, particularly at the linebacker position, I, I don't think I fully appreciated how much speed they had there. When you stunt and spike on the snap of the ball, the offensive lineman, it causes hesitation, and you just can't do that in the run game, and that's what Notre Dame did, and that's why they struggled to run the way they wanted to. Gio and Jones with Aaron Taylor of CBS Sports Network on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Auburn had a real tough time doing anything offensively. Of course, we know about the 11 sacks and that dominant defensive performance by Clemson, but this is definitely a trend with Gus Malzahn uh, in this team and that offense because if you look back, when they play good teams, they don't do anything offensively. Whereas Alabama last year, 12 points. Georgia last year, 7 points. Uh, Clemson last year, 13 points. There's just a lot of examples of this offense having big problems against good teams where that wasn't always the case. Uh, do you believe that this Auburn offense can be good enough against the best of the competition to make noise in 2017 still? No, I don't, not based on what I saw offensively. Here's the deal. When Gus Malzahn's teams are humming, they've got a Cam Newton or a Nick Marshall. They've got a dynamic playmaker at the quarterback position that can threaten with his legs. That entire offense is predicated upon that. The shifts, the trades, the motions, the eye candy, trying to get the defense to, to get sugared and, and follow somebody uh, and then come back and hit them with some misdirection. All of that is predicated on the fact that you can tuck the ball as a quarterback and get 17 yards running up the gut before they know what hit them, and then you add tempo on top of that, plus a big physical offensive line. Now you've got real problems trying to stop them. It was interesting. I, I looked at what it takes to win championships over the last, you know, all the way back really to the uh, BCS era, 1998. The average total defensive rank is 11 if you have won the national championship. So it takes defense to win championships. What was interesting to me is that the one outlier was Auburn in 2010, and that mm -hmm. was with Cam Newton, and their defense was 60th. So the year that they won the national championship, they were pro so prolific offensively, they didn't even have to play defense. And until Auburn can get back to that level of play on the offensive side of the ball, they don't have a shot. So no shot whatsoever. You, you don't, you're not buying what Kevin Steele is doing on the defensive side of the ball. You hold, although they, they're breaking in a new quarterback, Clemson to 14 points. I still think that defense, like Florida State, even though they lost to Alabama, are championship quality. I, I agree, BJ. I think anytime you've got a defense, you've got a chance. But we're specifically talking about Auburn. Yeah. And we saw last weekend what happens if you can't be balanced a little bit offensively. Because the bottom line is yeah. this. Clemson isn't a juggernaut offensively. The difference in that game was that Clemson got into the red zone twice and scored two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Auburn got in the red zone twice and kicked two field goals. Game yeah. over. It was 14-6. Defense gives you a shot, but you've got to be able to make plays when you need to offensively, and you're not going to do that giving up 11 sacks because you don't have a run game. on Johnson not being there certainly didn't help things. Yeah. But, I, yeah, they've got a shot, but do I think they do it? No. No, I, I would agree with that assessment. USC, uh, you didn't think they had a shot going up against Stanford. Stanford's a physical football team, but USC was able to match that physicalness. And uh, how about my Longhorns? They have a shot? Man, I nailed that. <laughs> Damn it. Um, I, you know what's interesting, man? 
I got like kind of my spidey sense up for this. Like this is a perfect game for Tom Herman to win, man. Like this is where he wants them. They're being overlooked. USC's coming off a big dominant win over a, a rival in, in a conference opponent. They haven't been able to beat. It's kind of been the thorn in their side. This is a classic trap game. Now it's in L.A., which I think is going to bode well for the Trojans, but I think to your point, man, they're an offense trying to figure out what their identity is. They've had some issues and some injuries at the quarterback position. I know that Ellinger is probably going to get that role and, and play a little bit with Bichelle being out. I like Bichelle. I think he's a good quarterback, but it was the defense that was disappointing to me and not tackling in space, not being physical. Um, just, I, I don't know, something was missing off that team and the whole pixie dust thing. Uh, I, I don't know if there's anything to that, and I got some backstory on that we'll share off air, though. That's, it's, re, it's really interesting on kind of what the, what the iceberg was underneath the tip that popped up underneath the water. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think they've got a shot. USC, the bottom line is, man, with that offensive line playing the way it is and a defense that's undersized but out-muscled Stanford at the point of attack, who I know for a fact has a good physical offensive line and a great run game, I think it's going to be really hard for the Longhorns to jump on a plane and come out west and beat the Trojans. Gio and Jones with Aaron Taylor talking some college football. Did you think Baker Mayfield needed to apologize for planting the flag at the 50-yard line at Ohio State? Hell no. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) And and he was definitely told by someone there, right, whether it was Lincoln Riley or, or someone above. I don't think he needed to do it, but I understand it, right? It's a good PR move, especially with him, probably uh, the leader of the pack in the Heisman race right now. Mm -hmm. They're absolutely going to be a national contender. It's good business, so to speak. But it it was part of the motivation from a year ago when Ohio State went in and sung their alma mater uh, there in Norman. I think there was some bad memories about that, and there was a classic case of how does my flag taste. (laughs) (laughs) i hear you man now uh tennessee they got some revenge on the team their rival florida last year hadn't beaten them in 11 or 12 years how do you see this one shaking out it's interesting man these uh neither of these teams are very good and haven't been good against top 25 competition uh the last several years um the east has been a mess i it's hard to call on this game. We saw in week one Tennessee get absolutely run through by Georgia Tech. And, and again, the issues they had stopping the run from a year ago carried over. And part of that is circumstantial with them being injured once again on that side of the ball. I think there's some good elements to, to their offense. I think I would feature the run game if I was them. Um, Dormady did a good job distributing the ball. The receivers, we were having a good laugh about it. BJ got to do a better job of catching it. They, yep. they would all be fantastic DBs and would lead the country in pass breakups, <laughs> except, <laughs> except they were running pass routes. Um, so I, I like Tennessee in this game. Florida, I, it's hard to tell, man. This is a tough one because of the cancellation. They didn't get a chance to get that bad taste out of their mouth after Michigan. And it's important when you're a young player to get some reps to build that confidence. It's one thing doing against your scout team in practice, but – you need some real live action, and that's hard to simulate in practice. So I give a slight edge to Tennessee, but, again, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Florida found a way to win an ugly game because that's what they did all last year and won the SEC East doing so. If you were Urban Meyer, would you make a change at quarterback? No, I wouldn't. I would change the way I'm using my quarterback. Mm-hmm. JT Barrett is playing scared, man. He's playing tentative. He's playing safe. He, he, you know what? It, it, as I was watching that game, he reminded me of my senior year when I was playing left tackle. We played Northwestern. 
I was in a right-handed stance. I wasn't comfortable with what I was doing. I was thinking I wanted to be perfect. Everybody was thinking, oh, man, Aaron Taylor should come out as a junior, and I decided to stay. Well, I needed to stay. I wasn't ready, and I was in my head, man. And I saw Skip Holtz, who was our wide receiver coach at the time, who's now the head coach of Louisiana Tech. He was walking down the hall, and he said, hey, man, how you doing? I said, oh, man, you see, you saw the game. I said, I was, I was thinking about this and thinking about that. So he said, hey, man, do this. Put your left foot forward, put your right arm back. Put your right foot forward, put your left arm back. Put your left foot forward, put your right arm back. And he looked at me and said, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. He said, you're walking, but you're thinking about walking. Aaron, just walk. And then I easily strode. He said, that's what you need to do. You need to stop thinking and just go play. Have some damn fun. You know what to do. I think JT Barrett needs to have fun, fellas. He's playing tight. He's playing conservative. I don't know if he's confident in executing the offense that Kevin Wilson is having him do. We've seen him be masterful when he uses his legs. He's a, I won't say he's a terrible passer, but he's an average quarterback passer at best. They got to use him in a different capacity than they're trying to use him. Feature the run came with junk cut Dobbins and let him do his thing behind that offensive line. And if we can free JT Barrett, I think Ohio State will be okay off there. Free Carly and free JT. There you go. There you go. Make your t-shirts. I'm on 10%, BJ. You got it, baby. Uh, LSU, Mississippi State. You had Mississippi State's game. You called that last week versus La Tech, the third and forever on um, third down. You see, did you guys see that play? It was what – First and goal or something like that, and they end up with third and 93. Yeah. Unbelievable. Holy roller. Yeah, exactly. So you saw Nick Fitzgerald, Heisman Dark Horse. Uh, what chances does he and this uh, Bulldog offense have against Dave Aranda's LSU D? Well, I tell you what, a better chance than I think they've had maybe quite some time, and the difference I think is going to be Todd Grantham on the defensive side of the ball. Everywhere he's been, he's he's created a high level of play for those defensive players. And what you're seeing on tape, man, is those guys running to the football. Those guys playing more physical than they played in quite some time. He's got some D linemen there that are young that bring some junk now. You better buckle your junk when you're going up against Mississippi State defensively. they got some length on the back end. That's really going to help them. And I think there's a little bit more balance there this year for them on that defensive side of the ball. And you mentioned Nick Fitzgerald, man. I I started watching tape, kind of doing some pre-scouting once our schedule came out over the summer. And I don't think I appreciated how fast he was. Like, he's not real quick, like make you miss in the hole. But if he gets into the open field, there's very few players he's not going to outrun. He's got a very uh, high-end top speed. So that's going to bode him well. Uh, Mullen told me he doesn't want to run him in between the tackles as much as like you would a Tebow who was power, who was running counter and those sort of things. He's more of an edge rusher. He can certainly keep his eyes downfield and pull the ball and get you a first down. He did that a couple times in our game if you need it well. But I think we all saw what we saw out of LSU. They have a vertical pass game. They're run and run, play action over the top. Got a quarterback that can complete some balls. And once again, man, their defense, they, that has been their calling card. As physical as they've been on the offensive side of the ball and being running back you and turning out all those big offensive lines and great receivers, the one thing that they've been able to do is make some noise on that other side. And I think by the time it's all said and done, LSU could have the best back four in the country. And they get the Arden Key back at that outside linebacker position this week. I, I think a new we segment. All love him. I yeah. think a new segment is born on inside college football. Buckle your junk. I mean, make sure buckle that make sure that that jock is tight. I can hear Zucker now. <laughs> Time for buckle your junk. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, you first. <laughs> yes, yes, it's all buckled up. 
<laughs> I mean, that is just perfect. Aaron, thanks, man. That's the kind of stuff you get at Notre Dame, man. You know, when you actually go to class. It's junk you, buckling? You, yes. You, 101. How to buckle hey, your junk. I, I wore a jock my whole time in Notre Dame. In fact, I'm sitting here on my couch just wearing just a jock. Right oh, now. That's, I'm all about buckling. Man. Oh, that is so nasty and gross. That means your ass is exposed. I feel sorry for the cushions on your couch. I'm sitting on a wet nap. What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are a nasty motherfucker. What a visual. Hey, what game do you have this week? You Wyoming, you have Josh Allen and uh, Oregon, right? Yeah, man. I'm telling you what, Willie Taggart has is changed that program already. Yeah. And any time a head coach gets hired, it, there's a reason, right? It's not because it's all cinnamon buns and now and later's in the program. So he's done a really nice job. And I think his – he. He says his best recruit was keeping Royce Freeman to stay. I disagree. I think it's keeping Jim Levitt, the defensive coordinator, yeah. recruiting him back over. Because yep. these are just like with Colorado, man, a bunch of undersized, no-name guys that you don't know anything about that are playing uh, above their level of play already at this point. And they've got some young talent. they got a freshman quarterback or a cornerback. Cornerback. Well, Justin Herbert is – like, here's the deal. There's yeah. going to be an NFL quarterback on the field, and I know – Josh Allen's gotten a lot of attention, but you got to tune in to watch Justin Herbert. Yeah. He may have the highest ceiling of any quarterback that I've seen coming out of the Pac-12, but certainly on the field on Saturday. Now, I'm not saying he's better than Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold and those sort of things, but you want to talk about a dark horse for being one of the better quarterbacks in the country, I'm really looking forward to seeing him up close and personal and, and helping the country understand just how talented he is. I think he's got a bright, bright future, and I think Oregon – is back to compete for national championships within the next two years. I would agree with that. I think that, that DB is, is Thompson. He has a couple of picks. And the linebacker, Ty, he had a big game versus uh, Nebraska last week. Yeah, Troy died, number 35, converted safety, then went to outside linebacker. Now they moved him to inside linebacker. Mm-hmm. He talked to the kid. He's bright. He's smart. He's articulate. He's the anti-Brian Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I like used I to be. <laughs> Have fun with that wet nap. Yeah, right. We got to let him go. It's probably cold over there. So. <laughs> See you, Aaron. Thanks right, for the boys. time. It's yeah, Aaron Taylor, CBS he Sports Network. He tried to beat me up Tuesday on the show, man. He threatened me. Did on he? Set. Wow. On TV, he threatened me wow. for everyone to see. A little taste of your own medicine. I don't threaten folks. I don't threaten them. I just choke them. <laughs> no sure. threat. Yeah. I mean, that the old me. I feel like every time Aaron Taylor's on, he gives us something fun to talk about. Like when he said seepage. Remember yes, that? Yes, that's right. It was seepage. Yeah, it's seepage. always something gross. And now the buckle your junk. Yep. You never buckle heard that before? I never heard buckle your yeah, junk. Yeah, you got to buckle your junk, dog. That's You got to do that. Can you do that inside? Buckle, buckle your, your junk? Yeah, which teams need to buckle their junk this week? Uh, just, maybe we just have a segment on here. It just, no. Not, no? Our, not our style. To but, buckle our buckle our junk. Yeah, but I mean the, I could just see the the and have to you have to have a visual of the graphics like the seatbelt going over the junk. Ah, uh, right. Buckle it up or someone putting their jock on. <laughs> no, what? Jeez, weird. Those jocks were uncomfortable. I mean, you, you wear them most of your life. That's that was. Don't miss the jocks. Mm. I I have one on right now. It's great, <laughs> just in case. You never know with you. <laughs> what do you off. mean? Well, just, just, I don't hit people in their junk. Well, you never know. They, today's athletes, they do that. If you did, though, that's why no, that's where I got the idea from. Never do that. It's never been more in style than right now. 
We're coming right back. It's the show that Ray Lewis blocked on Twitter. Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Andrew Bogish is back I'm with Bogish. us. What's hey, happening, man? Hey, Greg. I mean, Borgish. So as we mentioned way back in hour number one, when Houston Texans linebacker Brian Cushing received a four-game PED suspension in 2010, he said a fertility drug was found in his system because of a unique medical condition called overtrained athlete syndrome. Cushing not fighting his second PED suspension. Mm. This is is what Westbrook and uh, Beckham Jr. were dancing to, right? Well, this is how my head works. You mentioned Wyclef Jean in that story, and I'm in the newsroom sitting next to Isaac Feldman of After Hours fame, and I go, oh, Wyclef's still a thing? And he goes, "What's his? Like, what? What are his songs? Because he started to sing a Black Eyed Peas song. He's like, that's not that's not Wyclef. <laughs> wow. no. So this, is the, had a, this had is the only Wyclef song I know. Oh and then no, he's got one out from took last, me to Brian Cushing this past summer. It was pretty good. Really? I'll find it. You go. No, ahead. He was big a part of the Fugees. The Fugees, right? yeah, right. Yeah. No, but he had one this past summer. And I think Lauren, it's Hendrix. It's called Hendrix. Is it? All right, yeah. Lauren Hill went went off the deep end, right? She, yeah, yeah. She had a little, few problems with the government. Oh yeah. Yeah, but uh, apparently she's back now. She cool. They straight. What, and, is, uh, what is all that noise? Oh. <laughs> I thought that oh. Was... oh, my bad, dog. Yeah, that ain't the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Easy Hendrix. Ted Cruz. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Cushing <laughs> will miss 10 games starting with tonight in Cincinnati. He can return November 28th on the field. Both these teams are 0-1, losing Sunday by a combined 42 points. The Texans expected to start rookie Deshaun Watson at QB. The Bengals expecting Andy Dalton to not turn the ball over five times like he did against the Ravens under center in Indy. Colts head coach Chuck Pagano says he hasn't decided who starts against the Cardinals, Scott Tolzien or Jacoby Brissett. His Diamondbacks cooled off the Rockies 8-2. He got career hit number 1,000. Paul Goldschmidt doesn't care about the second part. It's one of those things I think you may reflect on it when it's over, like whether it's a season or a career, but it's never been a goal to try to get any individual milestones. Colorado had won six straight, including the first two games of this four-game series between the NL wildcard leaders. The D-backs now four games clear of the Rockies. The Dodgers won their second straight, 4-1 in San Francisco, and the Cubs hammered the Mets 17-5. Matt Harvey Allowed the first five Chicago runs over three and a third. He's now given up 14 over three starts after missing almost three months with a shoulder injury. I'm frustrated. This, there's nothing else to say about today's outing. It was terrible. I have to be better, and, and that's that's about it. So that's all there is to say. The, that's all there is to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Cubs, meanwhile, stayed two and a half games ahead of the Brewers atop the NL Central. Milwaukee beat Pittsburgh last night 8-2. The Brewers will host the Marlins this weekend instead of playing in Miami as the city continues to recover from Hurricane Irma. But the Rays will host the Red Sox as scheduled starting tomorrow. Boston losing to Oakland at home last night 7-3. The Angels dumped the Astros 9-1. And the Twins got by the Padres 3-1 in 10 on Eddie Rosario's game-ending two-run homer. New Mexico is reportedly investigating head coach Bob Davey for mistreating players in a compromised drug testing program. The school only confirming there's an ongoing investigation within the athletics department. The UFC has stripped John Jones of its light heavyweight belt and given it back to Daniel Cormier because of Jones' failed PED test from their fight at UFC 214 this summer. And the Miami Heat have reportedly re-signed guard Josh Richardson four years and $42 million. Mm, yeah, there you go. $42 million for him. Good for him. Uh, so this is an NFL Network only game tonight for Thursday Night Football. Which is news to me. Yeah, this is NFL Network only yeah. and I believe an NBC production. Yes. Okay. But it's only on NFL Network. All right. So it's not Nance and Romo 
No, the first one of those is might not even be next week. Okay. It's confusing now when yeah. they split this whole thing up. Uh, it's our buddy Helmet wrote this yeah, song. Yeah, Helmet! What's up, Helmet? Yeah. Helmet wrote a song for us we were never allowed to play. I don't think I ever heard it. I never heard it either, for sure. Yeah. You still have it, Mike? He still has it, yeah. Play it! But can't play what it. What the hell? That was last season. Where yeah. about lawyers? That Come was, on. That was season two of Jesus. Geo yeah. and Joe. Yeah. Season one? Of Jesus? <laughs> I know, Jesus. We're going to need Jesus if we play it, right? <laughs> Jesus. Wait, that came out of your mouth? <laughs> I didn't quite get Jesus out of my Gio mouth. Geo has changed. <laughs> He's a better man. <laughs> Got Jesus on his side. Uh. He's a water walker now. <laughs> well... We're not allowed to play. That was season one of Geo and Jones? Season one. Oh, statue of limitations. I'm going to start doing that now. That's great. I like that. See, we're in the midst of season uh, three of Geo and Jones. It was that long ago? 2015? Wow. Yeah, I got the audio. I have it here on December 7th, 2015. Wow, season so one. right at the end of the first season. Damn. Yeah, right at the, the cliffhanger. Where, where things were just I getting I want to hear good. that, man. I think we should play it. Yeah, they Can forget- we play a snippet? I mean, no. They forgot by now. Come on. Yeah, no one listens. I... Right, and I'm the one that get, goes and gets yelled at. What? You, Who's, you're used to that. That's true. Okay, I'm we'll just play. saying right now, <laughs> I am against this. My vote is for no, not playing. I'm against this, too. I, I'm just My vote doesn't not, matter. We're so. not playing it, but you can listen in the break. Play a snippet. And, you, <laughs> and Brian, you did hear it. Because I have an email response. No, from in you. his brain, he did not. <laughs> yeah. What was, right. what was my it's playing right now. You don't hear it. <laughs> what was my response that I don't recall? I dig it, and then a word I can't say. <laughs> I cursed in the email. We're heavy. <laughs> That's amazing. With Wait, loud, man. boisterous crescendos. I cursed in the. I, it's so great. I never heard this. There's an email. I dig it. You describing what you like about it. <laughs> and it's one of only seven emails I've ever received from you. <laughs> you had no recollection whatsoever of doing that. That was two years ago, man. Still, it's not like it's 25 years ago. I can't remember what two minutes ago. Come on. Yeah. We were talking about how you couldn't remember this. Huh? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I want to read the. I want to hear it. And I want to read the email. I'm in here in the break. Okay. Wow. It's got to be fun reliving your life all over again. You know, like wow, that was that must have been great. That's a good idea for a TV show. I wonder what I was thinking. It's it's fun sometimes. All yeah. right. Speaking of good ideas. Um, we came up the the movie It is all the rage. Yes, the Steve, Stephen King clown thing. So uh, we were talking yesterday, Pete, mm-hmm. when you when you were out. <laughs> How much money would it take for you to dress up as the It clown for a full show, full day of work here, and run and run the board as the It clown? Wait, just just for our show. Well, no, the whole day you got to be in it. So, like, you got to show... Well, you'd show up with the costume, I guess, and then we'd get the makeup done. Yeah. Because there are costumes online you can buy where it's a mask, and we don't want that. We want the the makeup and the wig for you, but then you'd have to wear the costume. But you'd have to do it like you're going to the bathroom as the clown. You know, you're doing everything as... You got to go home as the clown. 
How much money would it take? We've already decided on a number that each of us are going to chip in on, yeah. but we're not going to tell you what that is yet, mm-hmm. just in case you come in under that number. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, how? Throw out a number. A full day as the it clown. Uh, two grand. <laughs> Damn. That's ridiculous. Why are you doing for the whole day? Just to show. Hey, you always got to overshoot the number. Uh, stop. Just All right, to how show. about 20 bucks? No. Uh, come on, Pete. Not the whole day, the show. I'm, I'm willing to let you clean off the makeup after our show. Okay. Still uh, two grand. No, not two oh. grand. All right, one grand. One mm, grand. Yo, high, All right. high dollar hoe. $200. $200 in your pocket to be dressed up as an it clown. For a show. Just sitting here, Pete. You just sit here. All you have to do is sit and run the board. And not on WatchDA.com, which you would have been originally. Make it four. Uh, Two ten. $250. Three. You can have one of my fantasy football players. No. All right. The offer is $300. Let's chew on it. We'll think about it. Yeah. I kind of need to see this. Get back to you, clown. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm seeing it in my mind right now, and it's just wonderful. It really Where is. Where are we going to get the Afro puffs for the side? I don't know. We can figure that out. Mm. But that's the... Throw my hair out again. <laughs> told you. Yeah, we, 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 we considered that. I yeah. told you. How long will that take? I'll take a little while. <laughs> Start growing it now. For 300 would you grow the hair back? I'll go for a grand. <laughs> Start, start watering wow. that bad boy. I mean, if we're being honest, if we pull, if we pull money with everybody involved here, we could. There's nothing yeah. to be just the three of us. No, I know there are others who would pay to see Pete grow his hair. Are, and are there enough though? Like, I don't know. That's a great point. I are there, there's enough people that want to see that. I it think it's actually, just. Yes. It would actually take me a little more than that. To well, it's Halloween hair. is what yeah, six weeks away. Yeah, you get six by Halloween. You think you could do it six weeks? Nah, it'll take a little while. It's got to be alarming that if you grow your hair out, it looks like the It Clown. I mean, that has to be a little bit alarming. Well, you got to kind of trim it and adjust it. <laughs> yeah, okay, trim it and adjust yeah, it. Yeah, he had that hair season one. <laughs> he did. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so, uh, many, many viewers complained, and the network yeah. executives. I complain. They yeah. just cut it off. Right, though. and then, then we had the cameo by Sarah Sampaio yeah. to shave it off. Yeah. All right, you start growing it out, maybe not for a grand. Well, uh, but don't shave tomorrow. All right, let's at least try to get our ducks in a row for this. <laughs> if you was a, if, but you'd have to dye it, right? Because isn't it like orange? I'm not doing that. I, I might grow it out, but I'm not dyeing it. Get some spray can or something. Yeah, I'm right. out in a day. We'll figure it out. Ike Taylor's next. Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. At Ike underscore swag and you. You can see Ike this Saturday on NFL Network's Good Morning Football weekend at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Here he is, Ike. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good morning, Craig and Greg. Y'all have the good intro music. <laughs> Craig and who? No, it's, it's Greg and Brian, but we'll give you a pass. Craig, did I say Craig and Greg? Yeah, you did. That's all right. Yeah, you said it. That's Craig why we said Brian. who. <laughs> you, you sure did. You was like, who? That's <laughs> all right. Hey, Ike. man, bye. No, no, bye. no. no don't. We, we love Ike. It's an honest mistake. We used to love Ike. <laughs> 
Honest <laughs> mistake, my, my ass. My bad, my, my bad B. <laughs> See, now, now he's back. Go <laughs> yes, whatever yeah. works for you. He is, <laughs> okay. He's back. Uh, so, like, the, the Steelers on Sunday against the Browns, I know it's the first game. It's Cleveland, and they're, they're at home. And it's a, it's a road game. Le'Veon Bell wasn't there for a long time. But I was just real disappointed in the way that the offense played in that game. Uh, do you think that that's going to correct itself quickly? Yeah. I mean, we got to understand that they went against the good Hugh Jackson, who was in Cincinnati. So, I mean, he has some kind of recipe to slow down the offense, right? Then Le'Veon Bell missed camp. So he's going to get back in a groove in a week or two. So... I mean, you you, you got to tilt your hat also to the Cleveland Browns game plan and their defense. I don't think they're going to be as bad as people think they are this year. One, because of Kaiser. Two, it's a young team. I think they're the youngest team, right, in the NFL? Yeah. yeah. That's a young, fast defense, and they didn't play bad at all in the, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. One defense that surprised me was the Dallas Cowboys defense. What were your thoughts about the Cowboys this season – on the heels of a 13-3 and season a year ago as we entered this new terrain of 2017. Did you think the defense would upgrade their play, or were you surprised like I was at how much, how quickly they were able to get to Eli Manning? Yeah, they was able to get to Eli without blitzing, and that's key. I mean, I think, I think that's what the Dallas Cowboys wanted to do, like how the Giants did last year, got to a lot of people without blitzing five, getting there with the four-man rush. So they put a lot of pressure. Not even just sacking Eli, but just getting pressure, being around his feet, making him shift in the pocket. I think Dallas did well in that aspect. How come the Giants couldn't do a damn thing on in the passing game? I know that the Cowboys defense are going to give him credit, but, I mean, Eli Manning's still there. Uh, you have Brandon Marshall, who is is still a, a big weapon and a guy with a ton of experience. Is it is it all about that Giants offensive line and the struggles they have at the tackle position? You don't win Super Bowls without having a good defense and a strong running game. If you just look at what the Atlanta Falcons did to the New England Patriots in that first half, they ran the ball. If you if you flip the script, if you look at what the New England Patriots did to Atlanta in the second half, they ran the ball more than Atlanta. So by the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is, I don't care how many good receivers you have, even though we see the difference in OBJ when he's not on the field, when he's on the field – you got to have a run game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Super Bowls that the New York Giants won, they had a two they had a two back system. They had a mean running game in 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 a good defense in a good defensive line. So I mean, Eli made his plays and and pinpointed passes when it was time for him to do it. But for the most part, man, they had a good two back system, a good running game. They got to get back to running the ball. And even though they have special receivers, that got to come second. You played on some good teams, one Super Bowl. Now, Eli's telling everyone here in New York to chill out. It's the first game of the season. We've seen and heard Aaron Rodgers in past season t- tell Green Bay Packer fans to relax. Is it easy to do, easier said than done, uh, even though it's just week one? It, it, he can say chill out when OBJ come back. Because <laughs> OBJ at least gives them a chance. Even Even OBJ at 90%. I'm sorry, OBJ at 70% is a threat because you just need to know where he's at at all times. Like OBJ last year kind of added on to his play another dimension of his game by taking slants to the house, a.k.a. touchdowns. 
And it's hard for guys to take a slant to the crib. I think OBJ did that a few times last year. That was a whole other dimension. So when you have a guy like 13 on the field, and you have to know where he's at at all times because any given play, he could turn a four-yard catch to a 70-yard touchdown pass, you got to understand he's special because he's been doing this since he stepped in the league. And his stats have gotten better since he stepped in the league. So, yeah, I, I can understand what Eli's saying is chill. But I'm saying, and what I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm really not saying chill to OBJ come back. Gio and Jones with Ike Taylor, now of the NFL Network, Super Bowl champion, great career as a corner for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, when you think about the perception of Odell Beckham Jr., do you think drama queen, someone who is always in the news when he when he doesn't need to be, or is a lot of that stuff you think maybe he's being treated unfairly? Yeah, I think OBJ is treated unfairly. I mean, he's a he's a football player, but he's a rock star. You got rock stars that want to hang out with OBJ. You got rappers that want to hang out with OBJ. You got you got guys in Europe and London, Brazil, who play soccer, who get paid two, three hundred million dollars, want to hang out with OBJ. He just so happened to be an American football player and good at what he do, but he's just a talented athlete in general. He's special. He's different. So when you got a guy that show a lot of passion and emotion towards the game. It's an issue. And you know social media now, we can blow whatever we want to blow out of proportion. We can talk about whatever. We can talk about his shoes costing the loss to lose a game. It's just that's how social media is, you know, these days. But OBJ just a passionate guy, man. I, I, I would want OBJ on my team any day of the week because he hate to lose. That's the fine, I. That's fine, and I'm with you. I think we're all in agreement there. But when you tweak your ankle – you get up, you're walking off the field, then you collapse again. You get up, you make it to the bench, you're over there sitting on the bench, you start running to the locker room, you're jogging to the locker room, and you collapse in the tunnel. That's a drama queen. I No doubt. Ton of talent. No, that's, that's, I would want that's, him. That's not a drama queen because you don't know the man pain tolerance. You know what a high ankle sprain is. They I've had it. Your, they yes. say you would rather break your leg yes. than have a high ankle sprain because – it lingers for a while, right? Yep. So, you should know better than anybody. I didn't collapse and act like that when I. It, it doesn't matter. We, 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 we're too. We, we're not. We're not the same because you did. Doesn't mean he can't. Okay. Hmm. Well, you wouldn't have done it. I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> you would have gotten up. You would have tried to go back in the game. It probably wouldn't have been smart, but you would have tried. I mean, and and that's just that's the way you were, right? I mean, that whole locker room. I mean, you guys were were different. I mean, that that I broke defense. My arm, I broke my arm in Carolina game and came back on the sideline. I remember that. Yeah, that was like. Uh, and my teammates looking at me like a ghost. Like, what the hell are you doing on the sideline? Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I can't have surgery until I get back to Pittsburgh. I'm gonna come hang out with y'all. And then you came back and played later in that season too, didn't you? You we weren't out for the year. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yep. See, he's not a drama queen. No. no. Made my point. Everybody's different. I know everybody's different. I play with a drama queen. We got a guy I told oh. you guys a story. Uh, <laughs> played here in the Giants, laid on the damn field for about 30 minutes, and got up holding his wrist. Yeah, yeah. Like, really? Ike, you ever play with a drama queen? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, answer, no, don't answer. Don't name names. <laughs> no. I don't do no names, but I, I really can't say we had – well, I did, I did have a corner who I played with who was a drama corner. He played corner. There you go. 
Well, I mean, it's the, one on every team. The reason I was laughing, and trust me, I love this guy, respect this guy, but but Ben with his injuries sometimes, mm. I mean, he makes everybody know. Like he's the only guy who's like walks around in a cold tub. I don't know how he yeah, does it. He <laughs> <laughs> takes the cold tub with him. Right. Ben Ben left practice once in an ambulance. He had a hangnail. So <laughs> he just, I'm not gonna let y'all talk about that. <laughs> That's not me. That's Gio. He's, That's Craig. He knows. He knows. I love the guy, but uh, he, he, he tends to play it up. Uh, so uh, Ike from from week one. And you're watching all these teams. You have an idea what you think you're going to see in week one. Which one of these teams, either way, positively or negatively, caught you by surprise the most? Man, I told – well, I, I think it's obvious you can say Kansas City, but how about them, them Jacksonville Jaguars, how they came into Houston, how we thought Houston was going to come out and do it for the city, and Jacksonville just came out – and all the talent that we've been talking about for the past couple of years on defense showed up. Yeah, I was definitely it took, it, 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 it took it to him. Hmm. Yeah, I, and I don't. You think that'll continue there in Jacksonville, or no. this was a little flash in the pan? Heck, no! It's, we've been talking about Jacksonville talent on defense for a while, for a while, and it finally showed up because a guy who they call Papa Bear, a.k.a. Sasquatch, a.k.a. Calais Campbell, <laughs> is the difference maker. <laughs> uh, other than, than swag and swagging you, what are your other a.k.a.s? Sasquatch. Uh, man, I'm a.k.a. And a lot of stuff I can't say on the radio. Right oh, now. damn. Uh-huh. Come on. Freaky, freaky diggy. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, we love talking to you. We could have you on every day. We would, and I'm really happy for your success on the NFL Network. I know it's going to grow. Appreciate that. I right, appreciate but, it. Hey, just just let me know, man. Anytime y'all want me on, just let me know. All, All right. right, bye, Drama Queen. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> have a good one. All right, you too. There goes Ike Taylor. I really like that guy. I know I say oh, yeah. that a lot, but I uh, I got to know him in in Pittsburgh, and he's just. He's the man. He's just mm-hmm. one of those guys. You know, you're just happy to see him. And then when uh, we saw him at the Super Bowl a couple years ago, Mikey B interviewed him, and uh, that was fun, too. Asked him something crazy, didn't he? Yeah, I told him my wife was interested in uh, Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison. He yeah. didn't, didn't like hearing that. She's still into him? She thinks he's very handsome, yes. It's one of those things that sticks in my mind. Like, every time I look at Rodney Harrison now, that's what I think of. Really? I think of how Dr. Biseglia mm. is wants to... Put her stethoscope on him. Oh, I found Harrison outside the bathroom. I waited for him. Yeah, an interview. I remember him. that. Yeah, yeah. that was man. fun, man. We did he say he would like to meet your wife? Did he say, "Cool, let's hook it up"? I don't remember. Oh, well, uh, uh, hey, better warn her. Would you let it happen just for her, the good husband that you are? Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm a mensch. Just let that. Yeah, <laughs> just let it happen. I'm a yeah. better man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Ike Taylor. Aaron Taylor, Mikey B, PDB, Bogish, and Jackie Lone. Talk to you tomorrow. Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 